0: The following program is paid for by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom.
1: I am trying to fix things in the studio. Um, There. Uh, Welcome to Channel Mom. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're here for a reason today because, man, do we have a show for you. And I I know I say that pretty frequently because I work very hard to get you good guests. Um, But today is particularly special. Look, we all know because the news is inundating us with it. That Harvey Weinstein, uh, a very, very, very well-known and prolific Hollywood producer, um, has been uh, found out for years, decades of sexual harassment uh, in in graphic and horrible ways that we've learned about, and you're probably sick of it. So uh, this is not about making that story more fearful or more sensational or more salacious. That's that's not what we're here to do today. But I, I was thinking about it a couple of days ago before it kind of blew up and everybody started covering it, and I thought. We need to talk about this stuff with moms and in in relation to their own lives and their own uh, self um, worth and the way in which they are raising their children, their sons and their daughters because this stuff is key and I want to talk about the idea of harassment on a number of levels because clearly it has gotten to be an epidemic thing in our society in, in a number of ways. So It's, it's not just about the, the workplace uh, Hollywood couch kind of situation. It is pervasive and, and it rears its ugly head in a lot of different ways and I thought, gosh, I really want to talk to moms about this for their own sake but also for their kiddos too. So we're going to address things like not just sexual harassment in the workplace or at parties but also pornography and the way in which that has begun to uh, enter into marriages and destroy them, because it's kind of this accepted thing in our culture. But in fact, it, it is in hand in hand with the sexual harassment issue. And I've got somebody on that's going to talk about that. I also want to just talk about how women in general are demeaned uh, for their bodies, whatever shape or size they are, and the way in which they're sexually harassed for the way they look, uh, whether it's good or bad, um, in the eyes of, of the perpetrator. So... I have uh, on Facebook Live today, if you're joining us on Facebook Live, uh, a a precious mother who has agreed to come on with us today and be anonymous. I'm not going to give you her name. Uh, She has gone through uh, uh, forms of harassment in a variety of ways to the point in which she's an expert, unfortunately, but also because she's dealt with predators and she understands the mind of a predator. And I thought... She, I've known her for a while now, and I thought she's the perfect person to talk to our audience, to our moms, and to our men who are listening, who are raising all of you, who are raising babies to do this better. And so I feel very strongly about it. I don't want to play into some stupid part of the national conversation. I also don't want to vilify men. This isn't about saying all men are sexual predators. Stay away. They're never allowed to compliment a woman. That's not what I'm doing today. I'm saying, what's going on in our society that this is happening, happening in, in such, you know, prolific, widespread numbers? What, what can we do? And, and I believe the person I'm gonna have on today is gonna help us with this. Just so you know, I've got a couple stats and then we're gonna get to my friend. One in three women report having been sexually harassed. One in six women experience some kind of sexual violence in their lives. Um, pornography is on the rise in drastic numbers. Uh, most kids will be exposed to it. Most boys, but 90% of all boys will be exposed to it by the time they're, uh, 18 years old. So we've, we've got all kinds of issues out there and the statistics to back up the fact that we've got a problem. And I'm also going to play you a soundbite today from a past interview I had with Gretchen Carlson. You may remember she was a Fox news anchor who, uh, filed a lawsuit against the chief of Fox news, Roger Ailes. And uh, she had a settlement out of court, I believe. And she's been commenting on this sexual harassment thing since it's broke with Harvey Weinstein. Uh, I have a past comment for her uh, from her about uh, you know harassment of women. Okay, I've said enough. Um, I, I want to get to our friend. I'm just going to call her my friend every single time I talk to her. Welcome to Channel Mom, my dear. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Tell us the, the various ways, if it takes you a couple minutes, that's fine, in which you have encountered sexual harassment in your own life and in your professional life. They
2: kind of intersect. Um, When I was at my most recent job, it took a matter of less than a week before I was sexually propositioned by one of my coworkers. Um, And throughout the time that I was there, I would regularly receive sexual propositions from coworkers, um, have sexually inappropriate comments from supervisors. Um, And I was working in a male-dominated field, which – You know, everybody thinks that that comes with it, and that's just something that you should get used to. And um, and really, it's not because the environment I was working in, I was also surrounded by male sexual predators. Um, And I'm not talking about the staff members I worked with. I was talking, you know, men that were incarcerated for committing sex offenses.
1: So you think the staff members should know better? You would think, but
2: I I actually for the most part experience more respect from the men that I was working with that were the inmates than I did from the men that I was working with as co-workers
1: huh. did you feel like your job was on the line if you were to report them absolutely um I
2: was on probation for the first year uh-huh. um when I or actually for the first two years because I switched jobs within there and one it it got to it got to a point where um I did actually talk to I confronted the co a couple of coworkers that had made really inappropriate comments to me, and from that moment on, it became an even more hostile work environment. Because I, and I didn't report them to the supervisors; I just confronted them on their inappropriate behavior, and that resulted in me all of a sudden they had different names for me.
1: Oh. Okay. I, you know, and again, I don't, I really don't like the victim mentality. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say every woman, you know, step forward if a guy even taps you on the shoulder. I don't want to do that. But but in your estimation, when you watch the sexual predators, when you get sexually harassed in your job, and you're also going to tell us that you have it directly in your personal relationship, you, you have a harassment situation mm-hmm. because you have a spouse who's addicted to pornography. So, so you're, you're getting it from all angles. How do you view this now? Because you've studied it. You've counseled it. It, against it how do you view this as a societal problem
2: i i believe that it's like a cancer um it's almost impossible to eradicate because the men that are responsible and i use men because you know being a, a christian you know god talks about how men are supposed to be the leaders how they're supposed to lead their their families they're supposed to be the provider they're supposed to be the protector Mm -hmm. and so um part of it is their responsibility under the authority of god especially when they call themselves believers to step up and say enough is enough we are the ones that can change this women can talk about it all they want um and i think that that's that's where i come from is yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna call it what it is i'm i'm not the type of person that shies away and 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 let's people bully me into being quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to speak truth in whatever situation comes apart or comes about. And um, I'm going to continue to do that. But really, as women, as moms, our responsibility is to raise our children, knowing that um, especially young boys, they're likely going to have the opportunity to be exposed to pornography before the age of eight, Yeah, Um, has been my experience with the individuals I've worked with. And so if you're waiting until junior high to talk about sex, you're too late. Yeah. Um, you're way too late. Yeah. They've, they've already learned about sex from what they're watching at their friend's house, at their, at the neighbor's house or the and, magazine. And
1: if they've been exposed, they now feel like it's dirty and wrong to tell you, like they're at fault mm-hmm. somehow, so they won't tell you, and then they may get re-exposed because they're not getting your help. I'm, I'm super, I was super strict with my son. I allowed him to go to uh, a police officer's house, um, and his son exposed my son to pornography at about age eight. Fortunately, we had talked to my son about these things, so my son came home and told us about it and and we were able to get him to a place where he wasn't going to keep you know viewing it over mm-hmm. and over again um I, I we don't have a, a ton of time today I wish I wish we had four hours because this is a topic worthy of that um, when you counsel sexual predators and, and and let's be honest a guy like Harvey Weinstein that's a sexual predator oh, yeah. I, I mean i i you know i don't want to get in trouble here but but that, that if he did what they said that he did that that's sexual predatory behavior mm-hmm. um what what do you see that's a commonality amongst these men that think it's okay to to touch a woman's breast or to say really inappropriate things or to proposition her sexually or or to to have ask her to watch them or or to attack her however it is to rape her what 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 have you f- discovered in all of your work the thing behind all that
2: the thing that we speak the most about to um, the, the men that I've worked with is objectification. It is the common thread between the men who commit sex offenses, whether it's against children, against adults, against each other. Um, the key is that because and, – and this is where pornography plays a role in it – because they spent so much of their life viewing increasingly more violent and disgusting and um Inappropriate content and graphic. Not love. By
1: the way, we've removed no. love from sex in oh, common absolutely. culture. It's, it's absolutely it's is it's, it's, it's as grotesque and extreme and mm-hmm. violent as we can make it on screens and everywhere else. And that's
2: the objectification piece. What that means is that because they're constantly watching a fantasy of um women pretending to enjoy being brutalized. Um and we know from From conversations with uh, women who have gotten out of the pornography industry, that they were raped, that they were beaten into submission, that they were drugged in order to participate, you know, supposedly consensual sexual behavior. Um, And the reason is because the men who are watching and perpetrating these behaviors don't look at women as women. They don't look at them as somebody's mother, somebody's daughter. Um, they don't see their own children in these women. They're nothing more than a sexual object to them. They're the thing that they get pleasure from. There's no humanity in the women that are victimized by these men.
1: They don't see it as a potential to love. No. And that's why pornography so often leads to, to divorce and separation and adul- adultery because that it removes love from the sex equation. Absolutely, uh, which which I think is disastrous, and I think it's counter to what God has designed for us in mm-hmm. creation. Um, how much time do I have, Chad? Four minutes, okay. Um, I want to promise people that in the second half we're going to get to how to help your kids with this. I brought a book that I got years ago called God Made All of Me and how to start talking to your children about it. It's never too early. No. And here's the other thing that destroys me. Um, because I, I've partaken in it, and, and, and so I've, I've allowed my daughter to. Is that we have this culture now of selfies and booty pics and and cleavage pics, and 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 my son got naked pics, and he would tell me, he'd come to me and say, so and so sent me a naked pic today, mm-hmm. and, and that. Women objectify themselves, unfortunately, and I'm not saying that if you get raped, it's your fault. That's not what I'm saying. But but we're playing this culture where it's okay to wear see-through spandex and every And and so our girls are being raised to think of themselves as objects because they want to be attractive to boys and to men. And, well, girls don't want to be attractive to men, but you know what I'm saying. So what in a minute, what do you see unfolding in our culture through por- the pornographic portrayals in soft porn through Victoria's Secret and selfies and everything else?
2: Oh, well, the, the conversation with girls is that the only way you can ever be loved is if you have sex, if you reveal yourself, that you're not worthy unless your boobs are big enough, unless you're showing enough skin that nobody is ever going to want you if you don't give up yourself. That's, that is what is being portrayed by the men that they, that they're interacting with, the, the boys that are the same age in school, by everything you see on TV. The, the, underlying theme is you're not worthy of real love from a from a man who loves God from a guy who respects you and who will never ask you for any of this until you're married and until you're until you're comfortable with that yeah. that the only way you will ever be loved the only way you will ever be accepted is if you do these things
1: yeah and daddies hear that because girls need to know that they're attractive mm-hmm. that they're worthy attractive in the best ways yes and that they're worthy that they're smart that they're that they're c- that you know all the things that God has inserted in them, that t- to, so that that they grow up and not having daddy issues and needing mm-hmm. to get something from men, because that's a proven thing. Absolutely. Um, I. I, I I love where you're going with this. You're clearly an expert. And my guess is time and time again, when you dealt with predators, you dealt with this issue uh, that, that they, uh, that women uh, allowed themselves to be objectified because they wanted love and that men objectified them because they wanted pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's all messed up and, and love is thrown out of the equation. Um, and, and, man, we're, we're gonna going to come back in the second segment and talk about this in greater depth with my friend who has experienced it. And she's gonna touch a little bit on what pornography has done to her life um, through her spouse. I, I do want to just mention before we go to break that um and this is completely off the track, and by the way, we're gonna play a really happy song at the end of this segment, because we need a little levity. Uh Creole Brew. I cannot drink coffee, I cannot do caffeine. Look at my personality, can't do it. Uh but you can mix this with coffee or you can just have it on its own. But it's the honest energy. It's a natural energy energy source because it's got theobromine in it, but not caffeine. Well, not hardly any caffeine. Ground cocoa beans—you can get it at Sprouts and Whole Foods and online Creolebrew.com. It smells fabulous. I'm gonna Kristen smell incredible, yummy, chocolatey hot drink. I recommend it highly. We'll be right back.
0: Household. I don't have a degree, but the organization I run is more complex than most companies. Party planner, chef, teacher, nurse. These are just some of the roles I fill every single day. It's time for me to get paid to do what I love to do. I'm going to study at Colorado Christian University and apply what I've learned running my household into a degree that will give me a career. Check out CCU's website at adulted.ccu.edu or call 303-963-3300 and get started down the same amazing path I'm taking today. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean-Schmidt. We're here for you.
1: Hey, uh, welcome back to Channel Mom. I'm going to go to that Gretchen Carlson soundbite, uh, as promised. Look, the way in which women are hurt Sexually occurs in all ways. It's, it's, it's somebody's addicted to pornography and wants them to act in pornographic ways. It's somebody harassing them at work. It's somebody demeaning them sexually. And, and Gretchen on a show that she was on with us a, a while back referred to how she was treated when she was on TV and the kinds of things people would say to her, um, about how she looked. And, and that's another form of harassment. Here it is, Gretchen Carlson.
0: Don't worry about what other people think about you.
2: And now, you know, You know, you move on to me being at Fox, people are constantly writing me every single day telling me, you know, those flabby arms, you should wear sleeves, uh, you know, your legs. Yeah, they look like thunder thighs. And these are just the clean things that I can actually <laughs> tell you what people are writing to me. Listen,
0: I don't give a rip what people say about me. I care about how this affects our young kids. Yeah. And, you know, the kids are committing suicide over comments
2: like this mm-hmm. on social media. So, My lesson, first and foremost, is build your self-esteem from the inside out. You know, it's a blessing that I grew up fat and that I've had to struggle with my weight my whole life. And and I, too, like when you said in the introduction, oh, yeah, women feel bad because they gained weight when they got pregnant. Who
1: doesn't? Yeah, she. We talked about all kinds of things. You could tell in that interview, but but um, Gretchen and I talked before she filed her lawsuit. But she was beginning to allude to just harassment in general in that interview, and I thought this touches every woman when she starts to talk talk about stuff like that. Not only do you get harassed and people proposition you, not only do we live in an over sexualized culture where everything is sexified and and selfies are sexified and and the the, thing, the underwear you wear and whatever it is, but but we're also demeaned for our sexual parts. You know this looks this way and this looks that way and this should look like this and 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 women and in record numbers are going to get plastic surgery on their busts and on their butts. But it's out of control. And so I think to myself, how do we address our kids? And I know you've thought about this. I want you to do. Two, I want you to do. I'm getting so excited. I'm talking way too fast. Um, I want you to do two things in this segment. Number one, just talk a little bit about how the culture has changed because of our screens and because of social media and because of things like selfies. Because I've watched this happen for my 15 year old daughter. And the way in which she thinks she needs to look when she takes a selfie. How pornography has touched your family and how the selfie thing has touched her family. And then we'll visit how do we talk to our kids about it.
2: Okay. Um, I see our culture getting really a lot more self-obsessed. Yes. Um, But not just self-obsessed, but obsessed with how other people view us. Um, It's so much of it is... I, I can't post this because it's too real. Nobody can know that I'm messy. Nobody can know that my family isn't perfect. Nobody can know that I'm actually a hot mess and I haven't gotten out of bed for three days because I just can't. Those, those aren't acceptable.
1: Well, look at me. I'm on Facebook Live right now and you know I put on makeup and put on my nicest clothes. I mean, I, I'm guilty. So go ahead. And I, I think so much of that is we lose sight of where our value
2: comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, if we focus on other people as the source of our value we will always fall short. We're always going to be chasing a dream, a reality that doesn't exist. That's not real. And if you're chasing a fantasy, you're always going to be miserable. You're Mm -hmm. going to struggle. You're going to have a hard time. Um, And you see this in marriages so much because, because men and, and really girls, men and women both are exposed to pornography at a very young age, but you see this more with men because men were created to be visual. They were created to be aroused by yeah, looking at things.
1: Men are 543 percent more likely to be using pornography. So let's just talk briefly for a minute how that has impacted your family.
2: Um, when I first when I found out that my um, husband was looking at pornography, um, I was I had convinced myself that he was the only one who wasn't. Um, oh. I, I just you know I never saw it and considering what I did for a living, I should have seen it. Um, And it was a situation where he actually didn't have a choice to tell me Um, he didn't wouldn't have if he hadn't been in a situation where he had to. Um, And what I have seen is my husband's um, view of what I should be as a woman, Mm -hmm. Um, how I should look, how I should act, the things that I should do. He has a very um, contemptuous um, relationship with with women in general. Um, because he, of porn, because of pornography, pornography has taught him that women do what you say when you say it, that women are supposed to, um, always be aroused and always be ready. And, and it doesn't matter that you are more important than anything that your, your spouse, um, needs or wants out of a relationship. And that the only way to have any type of intimate connection with your spouse is through sex. Um, they, he, he completely, ignores the relational part of it and because of that there is so much conflict in in our marriage because of his choice to continue to endorse those lies mm-hmm. about women um, and about his spouse specifically. And
1: by the way, this is ex- this is affecting millions of women. Don't, Absolutely. Don't fool your... Ar- millions of women. And when you hear, when you read, if you've read the Harvey Weinstein story, the, the producer in Hollywood who's been now, you know, accused of, of harassing in graphic ways a lot of women and actresses and so on, mm-hmm. um, it's the same kind of language you're talking about. Absolutely. That, sh- that the woman was supposed to be aroused all the time and that, that he he expected her to comply to whatever he wanted to do to her sexually and, and it's a violent kind of thing and, and aggressive and Mm -hmm. and and not about loving the woman or helping the woman it's it's about objectifying her okay we only have five minutes left i want to talk to to to, mostly to moms who and, and dads who want to help their daughters and sons not go down this road i do want to just say though that if there's a mom out there hurting today or a man who knows they are doing this how do they get help do you know a hotline for them to call I don't know a hotline for them to call, but there
2: is a really good book called Surf uh, – I believe it's called Surfing the Internet or Surfing for – surfing for meaning or something like that okay. that specifically talks. Let me, about and let it. me
1: say this, write us at channel mom yes. at gmail, write us at channel mom at gmail. And if you write us and say, I'm struggling with this, my, you know, my husband is, or I am whatever it is, or I'm hurting because of it. Write us at channel mom and gmail at gmail and tell us, and we'll get you resources. We'll get that in the next week too. I just want tons. you to know that. Okay. So, so girls and, and boys, they're being taught in our current culture. I mean, 50 selfies a day. And so many of them are kind of compromising, like, you know, just maybe a little shot of me in my spandex or just a little shot of me where you can see my cleavage. Or what I'm not mm-hmm. saying I'm doing this, by the way. That's not a confession. But I watch kids doing it. And I think, oh, my gosh, of course we're objectifying se- and, and objectifying women. And, and none of it has to do with relationship and love. It's all about how I look sexually. So what would you say to parents who want to teach their t- children differently?
2: I would say, first of all, with, with girls, um, dads play a much, much bigger role in their sexual development than their mothers ever will. Um, They may interact with their moms, but they look to their dads for how men are supposed to treat them. And so if their dads are addicted to pornography, if their dads are saying, oh, you look so cute in those booty shorts or sure, let's get a a bikini on you. You know, you're you're two years old and we're going to strut you around or all that kind of stuff. That is just perpetuating the problem. You have to be as a parent. You have to be willing to say no. I'm not going to let you buy these clothes and we're not going to shop in this store. And this is why. Not just because um, I said so. You have to use it as a teaching opportunity yes. that God values you and created you. And your body is not to be used for this. It's not healthy. It's not It's not just
1: a tool. No, It's not a tool. And I think we now see ourselves. If I'm sexually attractive, then I've made it. And in the end, you're going to end up being used. Mm-hmm. So, so what about the boys? You've, boys? Got, you've got a boy.
2: I do. I, I have a boy. And... um my my goal for him is to help him learn that women are not objects um, and not – and also neither is he because there is objectification of men very much everywhere just as much as there are girls, but we don't hear about that. Mm-hmm. And so I think for for – no matter which – gender child you have, teach them that their body is their own. And I also don't force my child to um, go to a, a family member's arms. I don't force him to give hugs, to give kisses, to do any of that, because his body is his own. He has every right to say no. Um, and being able to say that, like, no, I don't I don't want to have anything to do with that. But then also having those conversations early. I use anatomically correct um, uh, words with my son like when he's in the bath or whatever the situation yeah. is i don't use the funny words i don't use those kinds you're of you're serious about it because all that does is make it seem like oh it's really funny
1: two minute. oh we got music for some reason i don't know why hey by the way i did promise you music and we're going to try to get to that that happier song just to give you a little levity at the end of this um Does anyone know why there's music over us? Uh, We only have about a minute and a half left. But I want to thank you for sharing your story. I want people to know they can get things out there. There's this book called God Made All of Me, a book to help children protect their bodies by uh, the Holcombs, H-O-L-C-O-M-B. And that can help you... Please email us at Channel mom. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio,
0: and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms as well as a beautiful Bling T-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America, but Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us. To put this show on the air and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM and you'll see our Donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.